podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love your propane grill? Well, life just got a little easier with Propane Taxi. Stop lugging that tank. Propane Taxi is a propane grill tank home delivery service that's ridiculously easy and convenient. Just go online, choose a delivery date, and Propane Taxi delivers grill tanks straight to your door. You can exchange any brand of tank. And right now, new customers get their first tank exchange for $10 with promo code TANK10. That's $10 for your first tank exchange with promo code TANK10. Visit PropaneTaxi.com. No contact, no commitment, no problem. Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Hello and welcome to the Cop Table podcast, where tonight we're going to be going back over a few of the, the past few fixtures that Liverpool's had in the, the Champions League games. So where joining me once again is Jay Riley. You can get Jay on Twitter at the Cop HQ. Give him a follow on there. And they're regular with us on the podcast. So how are you, Jay? Yeah, yeah, you know, quite happy with uh, the Reds' form of late. You know, we've had a couple of good victories, haven't we, in the league and f- finally managed to get through the Champions League group as well. So it's going to be a busy schedule now leading up to the festivities, isn't it, over the Christmas period, it always is. So, you know, it's all systems go, isn't it? Liverpool are, are firing on all fronts, really, considering the issues that we've had in terms of injuries and decisions going against us and all the COVID issues as well. So, you know, we're in quite a good place at the moment. Yeah, and what we're going to do, Jay, we're going to go back um, over our Premier League fixtures first and we'll go to the 3-0 victory against Leicester first. Then we're going to move on to the to the Brighton game, which which finished 1-1, obviously. And then we'll move on to yesterday's fixtures. So, yeah, going back to the to the Leicester game going into that like you say we was we were struggling wasn't we with bodies and people out injured all the time and doesn't look like anyone's coming back soon and there was a bit of doom and gloom before the game wasn't the people was a little bit nervous and then we come we basically just blew Leicester away and um a lot of great performances from from players who, who stepped in the likes of Phillips and and players like that so yeah just give us your your little recap on them games please Jay. Well, yeah, going into the Leicester game, not really fearful, but just more about the fact that Liverpool were lacking in numbers because that plenty of issues with injuries, but it wasn't just injuries. We had the, the Salah issue with the COVID-19 stuff, so he couldn't feature in the game either, could he? So we were a little bit light for numbers, really, going into that match. And Leicester have had a good start of the season. They were right up the top of the table with us, so... You know, you were expecting it to be a tough game and especially coming up against someone like Jamie Vard, who's very dangerous, isn't he, in an attacking sense. And, you know, when you look at Leicester, they have got some very good attack-minded players, the likes of Madison, also Harvey Barnes as well. And, you know, they are a very good side. But, you know, Liverpool, the performance was very good, I thought. You know, on the back of an international break, it's it's rare that Liverpool put in such a good performance. And we, we absolutely battered them, really, didn't we? You know, 3-0 probably flattered Leicester, to tell you the truth. It was a very good performance. And, you know, Liverpool, it's, it's, it's quite incredible, really, with the issues that Liverpool have had this season. Because I think going into that game, we had about nine players missing through injury. And not just that, you know, we've been affected quite a lot, haven't we, as well this season with, with COVID issues. We've had Sadio Mane, who's gone down with COVID. We've had Thiago Alcantara, who's gone down with COVID. There was all the talk that earlier on in the season that Trent had it as well at the very start of the season. Um, you know, Simicus, the left-back we signed from Greece, he suffered with it, Shaqiri suffered with it. Um, and going into this game against Leicester, against Leicester most Salah had the, had the issues as well, so we had to sit this game out, which was frustrating. But like I say, Liverpool were more than worthy winners in the game. Three 0 fantastic, and you know, marching on in, in the Premier League. And obviously, we we had the Champions League game then, but obviously now at the minute we're talking about the Premier League stuff. So you know, we we then played Brighton away from home and. We, we again struggling for numbers, a very inexperienced defence with Williams having to play right back and 
of course we had we had Phillips centre half as well, didn't we? And it wasn't great, you know, the, the first half, you know, Brighton had a couple of opportunities, Nico Williams a little bit shown inexperience, really gave away a penalty and thankfully Brighton missed that penalty. Um, the pillar had a goal ruled out Mo Salah for offside which was very marginal and then into the second half the, the man who's been in great form been a fantastic signing so far Diogo Giotta gave us the lead and you know, Sadio Mane then had a goal disallowed as well which definitely was offside it was just frustrating really because you know, VAR People go on saying it's not VAR, it's the officials using it. And obviously that is correct because, you know, it's just a second form of human error, isn't it? Because it's a second set of eyes looking at it at Stockley Park and they're still getting the decisions wrong. I mean, OK, fair enough, Mane was offside, but it's still very marginal and debatable whether or not Mo Salah was offside. And nowadays, you know, in that game, prime example against Brighton, you know, we scored two goals there and you can't really celebrate properly because you don't know whether it's going to be given or not. And on this occasion, them two goals weren't given. So, you know, it's just very infuriating. And then, of course, you know, we had the incident at the very end of the game into stoppage time and, you know, an innocuous challenge in the box between Robertson and Welbeck. And, you know, it was like a delayed reaction and, you know, in real time, you didn't really look anything in particular, did it? Like, you didn't look like a foul. None of the players claimed for it. The referee didn't give it. And, you know, Danny Welbeck, embarrassing, really, professional footballer, throws himself to the ground literally like two seconds after the incident. And because he's done that, of course, it's been, they've looked at it at Stockley Park and they've notified the referee to have a look at the monitor and he's gone over and seen there's a little bit of contact there and because of Welbeck's reaction, he's won them a penalty, which is an absolute disgrace, really. It was never a penalty in a million years. You know, you, you've seen an incident even this weekend between Chelsea and Leeds where exactly the same type of incident where Anoki was challenging the box. Yeah, there's a little bit of minimal contact and the player goes, you know, doesn't go down dramatically as well, Beck does, and nothing's given. So why didn't VAR look at that? I tell you why they didn't look at it, because he didn't make a theatrical dive the way Danny Welbeck did. So it's just pure cheating at the end of the day. It's a disgrace. Liverpool have been robbed of two points there. But it's happened to us a few times this season, and none more so than back in the Merseyside derby as well. Uh, you know, a couple of disgraceful decisions in that game, Henderson, Given offside, um, the goal given offside for, for Sadio Mane in the build-up, which you know, very very marginal, very very debatable. And let's not forget, in that game, he should have been playing against ten men for eighty minutes because Jordan Pickford should have been sent off for an assault on Virgil Van Dijk. So, you know, like I say, Liverpool have been hard done by this season by VAR decisions, disgrace really, and you know, it left a little bit of a bitter taste to draw against Brighton because you know we were robbed of two another two points really. Um, and then moving on to the game against uh, Wolves, you know, it's disappointing that Allison suffered a, a little bit of an injury as well in training. So, you know, light for numbers yet again. Nico Williams having to play right back and obviously the goalkeeper situation with Kelleher, young Kelleher, the Irish lad between the sticks. So, you know, still got massive issues in, in the injury department. But again, another fantastic performance you know, this this group of players, the mentality that they've got instilled, the belief that's in them for, by the manager. I mean, Jürgen Klopp's an absolute genius. He turns average players into world-class footballers. What, what an incredible job he, he's done and he is continuing to do. I mean, you know, this this group of players are fearless. We've got, like, so many injuries, so so much is going against us, yet they keep going to the well and keep getting, getting the results and you know, the performance again. No, it was quite good. I don't think it was as good as the Leicester performance, even though we won 4 0, whereas Leicester was only 3 0. But um, again, you know, outstanding result, really, when you think about it. Um, you know, young Williams got booked early on, and you're thinking, well, what a liability. He's, he's, he's going to be, you know, in trouble now for the rest of the game. But I thought he was outstanding, to tell you the truth, after that. Didn't really put a foot wrong. And even in the second half, Adama Traore 
tried to he switched wings to try and sort of like put pressure on him knowing full well he was on a yellow card and he just never got any change out of him he didn't get a sniff do you know what I mean I think there was one time where he tried to go on the outside of him and you know Williams done well and got a block in and they went out for a corner you know credit to him because he's coming for a little bit of criticism and criticism from myself as well because I've said I don't think he's good enough don't think he'll make it at Liverpool I think he's quite poor defensively but you know credit where it's due the lad's done really well the last couple of games you know, he performed quite well in Europe as well against Ajax and got the assist didn't he for the, the Curtis Jones winning goal as well so you know credit to him fair play he's a young lad as well in his trade and you know this is only going to build his confidence up so you know fair play to the lad um but like i say the, the game against wolves was no one really expected us to 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 beat them 4-0 to be honest they're not really the type of team that concedes many goals and you know it was fantastic to put four past them and you know, some some it was it all started from a, a sloppy mistake, didn't it? By the boy old Liverpool fan Connor Cody. I mean, I don't really know what he was thinking about, to be honest. And Mo Salah nipped in behind him on his blind side and just put his one nil ahead. And then, you know, obviously it was still a fairly even game up to the the point where Wijnaldum made it two nil. Fantastic strike by Genie. You know, he scores loads of goals internationally on the international level for Holland and. He's not really scored much for Liverpool recently, has he? But what a fantastic strike that was in the top corner, the cop ends, you know, in front of like the 2000 Liverpool fans, which is great that the fans are allowed back inside Anfield mm-hmm. now. And it was a great goal, wasn't it, in the cop ends? And then it was 3 0 soon after. Joel Matip getting on the end of a, of a, a brilliant ball in by Mo Salah. You know, you, you can't defend them, can you, really? And, you know, 3 0 Matip. And then it was 4 0. It looked like Sadio Mane at first, great ball in by Trent Alexander, the return and Trent Alexander Arnold. Um, but then obviously you've seen on the replays it went in off off Semedo, didn't it? The sign and that Wolf signing from Barcelona. So that was four 0 Good night in Liverpool. You know, at the top of the table, albeit joint top of the table with Tottenham, they're above us on goal difference. And the reason why they're above us is pure and simply because you know Liverpool a Harden, which was an absolute freak result when we lost to Aston Villa. So, you know, we, we can't complain at all. You're looking at the table now, the old saying of let's look at the league table after 10 games. Well, now we've played 11 games and we're top of the table, joint top with Tottenham on 24 points. So, you know, we've had an indifferent start, shall we say. Um, we've had a lot of issues to contend with, but we're still right up there, right in the mix. And, you know, I think... That our neighbours from across the park won the league, didn't they? After four or five games, and they were top of the table. And you know, ever since then, I think they've won one game in about the last seven. So it just goes to show the old saying of yeah, look at the table after ten games, and that's when you sort of like get it through a picture of how the season's going to develop and pan out. And here we are, top of the table with Spurs. So we can't complain at all. It's been really good. Um, the form in the league. And you know, long may it continue. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get on all on rates as slow as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Yeah, and just to uh, touch on the performance of it, like you said about Nico Williams, but another player who's really stood out recently is uh, Curtis Jones, isn't it? He's he's posting really good numbers with his obviously with his percentage of passes that are uh, passes complete and the amount of times he's getting into the box and and things like that. He he seems to be really growing into that midfield role, doesn't he, Jay? What's your thoughts on Curtis at the moment? Yeah, I mean, when Steven Gerrard was at the club and he had him. You know, in, in the, the, the kids and all that, he said straight away, he's, there's definitely a player there in Curtis Jones. He had high hopes for him and said he'll make his Liverpool player. And, you know, high praise really for, from someone like Steven Gerrard. But, you know, the lad's got that swagger about him. He's got that confidence. And when he's came into the side in the past in cup games, he, he's, he's always done well for us. Obviously, the most famous goal he scored was in the FA Cup against Everton when we had a team full of kids playing and Everton had the full-strength team. We beat them 1-0. It was a fantastic strike by young Curtis Jones. And 
this season, back end of last season, he started getting a few games, but this season more so, he's been getting a lot more starts and it's down to the fact that we've had a lot of injuries and we've had to shuffle the pack a little bit and, you know, of course, Fabinho's had to be taken out of the midfield and go into the back line as a centre-back and, you know, Curtis Jones has benefited from that really because Kate has been in and out the side through injury as well. Oxlade Chamberlain's missed all season. Thiago basically might as well sign for us in January because he's played one and a half games for us. So it's gave the likes of, you know, Curtis Jones the opportunity to, to start more games and get more game time. And he's looking well worthy of his place in the side. And it's remarkable for, you know, a 19 year old boy really. And he's well balanced. He can go left. He can go right. He, you know, he is really, really astute and a very good footballer. And he's not letting anyone down at all. He's a good, he's a very good footballer. There's no doubt about it. And he's he's learning how to play in a club type of system. And at the age of 19, you know, all the signs are really good that he's got a massive future ahead of him at this football club. Yeah, most definitely is. Uh, he's definitely. One for now and, and one for the future as well, isn't he? So yeah, just moving on to the to the Champions League games, Jay. Obviously, we we suffered a defeat against Atalanta, a two 0 home defeat. With um, then putting a little bit of pressure going into the to the Ajax game, where where Kelleher made his debut and and made two really good saves as well, possibly man of match performance from from some people. Um, and then we've got Midget Land tomorrow night, so we're through. But just give us your, your thoughts on them past couple of Champions League games, please, Jay. Well, I mean, we've done the hard part, didn't we, by winning away in Ajax 1-0 and also winning in Atalanta 5-0. So going into the home games, we had two home games in Atalanta and Ajax. I mean, a draw would have been enough for Liverpool to qualify, really, the truth be told. It just would have put a little bit more pressure on the last game against in Denmark to, to maybe, you know, get a victory there to win the group. But, I mean, obviously it wasn't great losing to Atalanta, but the problem we've, we've got is because of the amount of injuries that Liverpool have got to, to sort of, like, contend with, Klopp's having to shuffle the pack quite a lot, isn't he? So, I mean, it, it was a poor game, wasn't it, really? Liverpool, I think, am I right in saying it was a, the game when Liverpool never even had a shot on target? In the whole game, which is like I don't think it's ever happened before under Klopp. I know it was something, it was yeah. something like that. It was really, really poor, wasn't it? But you know, Atalanta weren't great either. It was just you know one of them games really where they caught us cold, didn't they, in the second half and scored two quick goals and the game was put to bed really. And the only gripe I had in that game was yeah, you know, them things can happen because ultimately we did have like a makeshift team out and you know we did have to shuffle the pack a little bit and. It's tough, isn't it? You know, like when you're playing two games, two games a week, when you've got like nine players or whatever it is missing through injury, it's not easy. But what I, the only issue I had was the fact that when we went two 0 down, it's it's common knowledge with with Joel Matip that you know his body can't really cope with playing three games a week. So when we were like two 0 down, it didn't make any sense to me to leave Matip on until I think it was the eighty fifth minute, because the knock on effect then was. He didn't feature against Brighton you know, at the weekend, the following weekend. So I, I just didn't get it, do you know what I mean? Because we all know the way Matip is, he needs to have his, his game time managed. And I thought that was a little bit you know, disappointing, that aspect of it, because he then had to miss Brighton. But as I say, other than that, it was disappointing because we didn't play well at all. And, you know, it, It's one of them situations. It could have easily been nil-nil, but as it transpired, we lost the game 2-0. So all it done really was put that little bit of added pressure on the Ajax game. So going into that, again, we still only needed a point, but it would have been nice to get the three points purely because it would have meant we topped the group. So going into the game, it was always going to be a tough one because Ajax are obviously still alive in the group as well and they could have done with either getting a point or winning the game to put a little bit of pressure on so they can qualify themselves. But like I say, I mean, the game was poor against Ajax as well. You know, both games that we've had in the Champions League since the international break were poor games, really. But, um, you know, Liverpool managed to get that goal. As I say, good ball in by Nico Williams and it was poor goalkeeping, really, by Anana, wasn't it? And it was just really good improvisation by Jones, sort of like latched onto it, didn't he, at the far post and read it and, and basically slotted it home and Liverpool won the game 1-0. And, 
you know, Kelleher played in the match and he made a couple of really good saves, one at the very end, which, you know, basically stopped it from being a one-all draw. I think it was from Hunsalar, the save, point-blank range. So, you know, he gave a very assured display. And and I think the difference between him and Adrian is the fact that with Kelleher, he's good with the ball at his feet, whereas Adrian's atrocious. So, you know, Adrian has made some good saves from point-blank range in the past. I remember one last season against Napoli, in the Champions League, to be honest with you as well. But like I say, everything about his game, he doesn't instil the confidence in, in, in the, the back line for me, Adrian. He unsettles things because, like I say, he's terrible with the ball at his feet. He doesn't command his box enough. Whereas Kelleher looks like he's got a little bit something more about him, even though he's young and inexperienced. He can make the same type of saves that Adrian's done in the past. But he's also better with the ball at his feet, better distribution. And of course, he's more commanding of his box as well for such a young lad. So, you know, it's, it was a good decision by, it's proved to be a good decision by Klopp to give the young lad a run because obviously he's kept two clean sheets on the spin. You can't ask for more than that. He's given like pretty faultless displays, hasn't he? You can't knock him at all. He's not just he's not put a, a foot wrong, has he really? So, you know, credit to him and credit to Klopp as well for showing the belief in such a, a young kid. But it was great, wasn't it, to, to get the victory against Ajax and, you know, wrap the group up because on the same night Atalanta drew one all with Midgelands and, you know, Liverpool topped the group and that now means the game that we've got this coming week, midweek, um is now a dead rubber. So it allows a little bit of rest time for the players that have been overworked lately uh, and obviously, you know, recuperation period, looking forward to focusing on the Premier League games, the tough Premier League games that we've got coming up, um, heading towards the festive period. So it's perfect really now for Klopp. Um, it's going to be interesting, obviously, to see what type of team he selects for the game. Uh, so I do think he's going to play a few kids, but I do also think he probably will want to get some minutes into the legs of, you know, the legs of Cater and stuff and maybe even Trent. I mean, I personally, I wouldn't start Trent on, on, you know, in this game, but he's just coming back from injury. So you just never know. He might want to get some minutes into his legs the same way as he might want to with Cater, but I'm pretty sure the likes of Reese Williams will start the game. Um, Simicus will be left back, so it'll give Robertson a, a much-needed rest after his exploits with Scotland as well. Um, you know, when you t- you look at the forwards apartments, the likes of Minamino and Origi uh, obviously need need to be given some game time. So I think they'll probably start the game as well. It's going to be interesting in the midfield area. That's where you might see a few kids, kids like Clarkson and Kane, maybe because you know you've got mm-hmm. to consider it's unlikely the likes of Henderson will start the game. It's unlikely that Genie Wijnaldum will because he's been he, he's been a superstar lately. Wijnaldum, he's been so durable, so dependable. He's played so many games of football for Holland as well recently yes. too. He hasn't had a break, has he, mate? So, you know, he, he just, he's, he's got a, a well-earned break now for this. He won't play in midweek. So, as I say, there's going to be plenty of changes in this in this Liverpool team. And, you know, it's it, it, it's a dead rubber, isn't it? There's no doubt about it. So, plenty of rest time leading up to the game at the weekend against Fulham. Yeah, definitely going to be interesting to see what uh, what type of players he, he puts on there. Turned out, but like you say, yeah, I do expect the likes of uh, Minamino Origi, uh, Reese Williams to come into that team, and and some of the others who, who've been on the bench lately as well. Uh, um, so yeah, moving on to the to the next Premier League fixture, Jay. We play Fulham away Sunday, which is a four four thirty kickoff down in Craven Cottage. Fulham a team who've been struggling, haven't he, since they came back up into the into the Premier League and not picked up many points. So um just give us your thoughts going into that game. Are we gonna go back to full strength and and uh, try and get this this game won early and, and then try and rest a few players later on in that game as well? How do you see that one going, Joe? Yeah, so I mean obviously we go going into this game, we've got Fulham, haven't we? And Fulham have struggled, haven't they, since they got promoted? And I think it's down to the fact that, you know, they're the type of team that play football um, under Scott Parker. And, you know, when you look at their squad, the group of players that they've got, they're not very good, to be honest with you. They, they always give you a chance. And I don't think they're the best defensively either. Although, you know, they have picked up a little bit of late. They had a great result, didn't they, against winning against Leicester 
away from home, which was a bit of a shock, wasn't it? Um, and I also caught the back end of the game against Everton when they were 3-1 down in the first half and they come back to 3-2 and missed a penalty and they arguably deserved a point out of that game, to, to say the truth. But the problem Fulham have got is the wide open at the back, you know, they're really poor defensively and because of that reason... You'd have to think Liverpool had to have too much with you know, too much for them in this game with the likes of Salah and Jota and Firmino and Mane, you know, it, it, it's it's too much for them really, you'd imagine. So I can I can see it being a good game, a good open entertaining game, and, and they arguably might score a goal against us either as well, because I mean what is has been quite remarkable really lately with Liverpool. We've had so many problems defensively with Van Dijk out, with Gomez out. We've had Matip getting obviously his, his game time managed. Uh, Trent being out, so you know the goalkeeper issue with Allison. So Kelleher's had to play. You know it's been quite remarkable. Liverpool have kept quite a few clean sheets. You know one against Leicester, one against Wolves, one against Ajax. So you know. We should have had another one against Brighton, but for a shocking decision in, in stoppage time. So, you know, Liverpool have done really well to, to not concede many goals in this period, this tough period where we, we've obviously had issues in, in, in the back line. So, you know, credit where it's due. But I think with Fulham, they have got the players you can maybe cause a few problems, to be fair to them. They have, they have scored goals in games this season. It's just more about that, you know, defensive side of the game's really poor and you'd think Liverpool will have a little bit too much for them. What I think is going to be interesting going into this game, though, is the fact that Liverpool, after this game, Liverpool have got Tottenham on the Wednesday night and then they've got uh, Palace the following Saturday. So when you look at it, We've effectively got three games in six days. And this is what I'm saying about managing the game time of Joel Matip. Because no matter what anyone says, we've got Matip and Fabinho play centre-half. And looking beyond them, we've got like Nat Phillips, who has played a couple of times and hasn't let us down, to be fair to him. But you wouldn't want to be relying on him, would you, for a run of games if you had to play for, like, say, six, seven games on the spin. And the other alternative is Rhys Williams, who's a young lad again. You know, he's only 19 years of age, played a few times in the Champions League. Hasn't hasn't really done much wrong, but you wouldn't want to be putting your trust in these players for a, a long length of time. So the problem is, I'm looking at it now thinking Matip's not going to be able to play these three games on the spin, is he? So I'm wondering what Klopp will do. Will he potentially think we'll be OK against Fulham and rest Matip? with the, the, the thought of we've got Tottenham on the Wednesday, so the likes of Harry Kane and Son. And then following that, we've got Crystal Palace away from home, which you would say on paper, Crystal Palace away is a tougher game than Fulham away, wouldn't you? So, I mean, on that basis, it's going to be an interesting team selection from Klopp because it's great now that we've got a, a whole week's preparation, if you like from the Wolves game because the game in midweek against Midtjylland's a dead rubber so it's all focus on the Fulham game but I do wonder if he will start Matip in this game because even though Liverpool have been doing really well you still have to wrap certain players up in cotton wool and Joel Matip is that type of player that needs to be you know managed quite well um, because his body just can't cope with three games in six days it's as simple as that and Jordan Henderson's another one it's very rare that he does that and he can cope with that as well so it's going to be interesting the team selection going into the game, but you would just imagine Liverpool will have too much for them. So, you know, I think Liverpool will run out comfortable winners in the end. I think maybe three or four one in that game um, against Fulham at the weekend. And, you know, hopefully that'll send us top of the table because I think Spurs have got a, a tricky away game against Crystal Palace. People say treat yourself like you need a reason. But McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee. Get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something-something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Yeah, and then straight after the uh, the Fulham game, Jay, we've got a top of the table clash against Spurs at home on the uh, on the Wednesday evening, which is uh, an eight o'clock kickoff, and both teams in, in in really good form. Obviously, Spurs have just had a 
a win against um, Arsenal in the in the North London derby there, haven't they? And Kane and, and Son seem to be um, hitting a hitting a lot of form at the moment. If you like playing playing really well together, although you've seen probably on Twitter again today about the Harry Kane and this this backing in issue where where players are jumping up into the air and he, he's looking at the man and he, he's. He's basically committing a foul, and it, to me, it's it's a very dangerous situation that he's putting players in, and could cause a serious um, issue with with one or two players. So, um, obviously, we're going to have to look out for that one in 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 the Spurs game. But just give us your your thoughts on the on the top of the table clash against Spurs next Wednesday, Jay. Well, yeah, it, it is going to be a top of the table clash, and you know you've got to consider they are in good form. The likes of Son and Kane are banging goals in for fun, and you know they're working well as a little pair and aren't they? Because they're assisting each other as well, and you know they were. I think what you're seeing now with Tottenham, it's basically Mourinho's stamp all over that team. Because if you look at that game against Arsenal, they had, I think it was forty percent possession. They gave up a lot of territorial advantage to Arsenal, but. He just defended deep in numbers and he got the, the early goal and then got a second goal right on half time and it basically killed the game and Arsenal had all the possession but just couldn't break them down and it's typical Mourinho. He, he stifles the opposition. It's like he is tactically very good. I mean, I've said numerous times over the years since he went to Manuel, since it ended the Chelsea Forum and then he ended up going to Manchester United. I said that it looks like he's finished at the game. He's not evolved with the way football's changed with the times. If you like, you know, the, the management styles of Klopp and Guardiola, he's not evolved with it. But all of a sudden this season, it's a funny old season, isn't it? You know, obviously we haven't had fans to start with and now we've got a couple of thousands in the ground and all that. And there's been some freak results like Liverpool getting hammered by Aston Villa 7-2, but then also City losing 5-2 at home to Leicester. And you know, there's been some absolute freak results this season, hasn't he? There's no doubt about that. But it's sort of like, in a strange kind of way, it's suited Spurs and they've sort of like got the Mourinho stamp all over that team now. And they've been probably quite fortunate without with injuries. They haven't had too many, have they? And, you know, they've, they've grinded out some really good three points, shall we say. Lucky to get three points at West Brom. Lucky to get three points at Burnley. One at home against Arsenal, as I've just touched on. And also beat Manchester City 2-0. But also absolutely smashed Manchester United at Old Trafford's. Um, was it 6-1, I think it was? And they also battered Southampton away from home. I think that was 5-2 or 6-2. So, you know, they're a very dangerous team. They've got goals in their side. I think Son's got 10 goals this season, hasn't he? So he's up there with the lead goal scorer. And as we've just said there about Harry Kane, he's he's a dangerous player as well, but he's also a very clever player. And he's, he's, he's a sly old dog, isn't he, really? Some of the things that he's trying where, as you quite rightly say, it's a foul, but he wins the foul by backing in because he's clever as the little look and you know the player goes over him and then he gives it I mean obviously the Brighton incident where Lalana challenged him and it was on the edge of the box and he ended up mm-hmm. being a penalty but it was an absolute disgrace really it should have been a free kick the other way and a yellow card for Kane and you know he's done it numerous times he's done it against he's done it against Arsenal at the weekend he's done it against West Ham earlier on in the season as well so you know he knows full well what he's doing and if that was like a foreign player doing it you know the knives would be out but because it's the golden boy it's the England captain no one will yeah. have a bad word said against them and it's not right really it's not fair but it is one of them things that you've just got to deal with and get on with and hope if it does happen when Liverpool play them that the referee's on to them and, and the decision goes our way instead of favouring Tottenham and Harry Kane. So it is one of them. Without like wanting to like go on about things like that, though, I think it'll be a really difficult game because you know no matter what, Liverpool have been in good form. We've had some really good home victories two convincing wins against Leicester and Wolves, as I've spoken about, and also a good win against Ajax as well to get us through to the next round of the Champions League. But this is going to be a different kettle of fish coming up against the Mourinho-inspired Tottenham side who've got dangerous players. And we know what to expect, really. He's going to he's going to try and spoil the game, isn't he, with his spoiling tactics and hope that the likes of Kane and, and Son can, can be the match winner for him. Um, and Liverpool, don't forget, we have got these injuries to contend with as well. So, 
you know, it's remarkable that Liverpool are right up the top because of the issues that we've had. But you know, it's it's not it's never easy going into these these big games, top of the table clashes when you're missing quite a few key players. So, you know, it depends on how we go between now and then and hopefully we, we get a clean bill of health after the Fulham game so we haven't got any issues going into this game against Tottenham. Um, but, you know, it's going to be a tough game, there's no doubt about it. But you'd like to think if Liverpool perform to the levels they did against Leicester and Wolves, then hopefully we'll win the game narrowly. So, I go for a, a two-one Liverpool victory in this game. Two-one Liverpool victory for yourself, Jay. Yeah, just my own thoughts on the game. Always quite a difficult place to go, isn't it, Craven Cottage? It's not the the biggest of pitches. It seems quite narrow and not one of the the, the grounds where we we can open the play up and and play some some balls over the top, if you like. So, yeah, it's going to have to be one of them games where we're, we're neat and tidy in midfield and, and try and play through them, which which we did against Wolves. I think if you if you watch that that last goal back, the, the build-up, there was probably about 25, 30 passes, although they weren't all um, forward-driven passes, side to side, backwards and forwards slightly. But, yeah, there was about 25, 30 passes in the build-up to that game. And it's one of them where we probably will have to be a little bit patient at times as well. And... Fulham aren't going to come out and, and throw everything at us, are they? They're going to try and try and be compact themselves and and um, and try and get something out of the game. So yeah, I'm going to go with a two nil victory for Liverpool in in that fixture. I just think um, we will be neat and tidy. We'll we'll have enough creativity in that side um, to to come away with three points. And I'll go with a two nil victory in that game. Yeah, just before we go, Jay, just another um, one to pick up on is the. It's just the, the players coming back from injury. I'll just see the one with Thiago. Obviously, he's not featured since the, the Merseyside derby. He's, he's been out, hasn't he? And he, At one point, it looked like he was back in training. There was a few pictures of him on the website and, and things like that. People were getting a little bit excited. Klopp did say after the City game, it shouldn't be too long. But now it seems he, he's going to be out for the for the remainder of the December fixtures with um, the most likely comeback time now being January by by all accounts. Um, and just going into January as well, just to, to move on from, from Thiago, once you've finished, do you see Liverpool going into the transfer market and and signing a, a central defender? Or do you see Klopp happy being with, with what he's got at the moment and happy to play out the rest of the season? So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. It's been very frustrating with Thiago, hasn't it? Because we know he's a genuine world-class operator, a fantastic footballer, you know, basically played in that Bayern Munich team last season that won the treble. Obviously, the European Cup final, he's fantastic. He should have really been, you know, player of the year, really, for me. I think De Bruyne got it, but I don't know how because... You know, in Europe, because I don't know how, because they went out in the quarter-final stage, didn't they? And he might have got 20 assists or whatever last season, but Thiago was the one last season for me. He was just fantastic, a superstar. So we, we were signing a genuine world-class footballer, and it was frustrating because he showed he, he was brilliant, wasn't he, in that second half against Chelsea, control the game, and, you know, albeit against 10 men, it was just phenomenal, wasn't it, the performance that he put on, put on a show, really, didn't he, for his debut? And then we had the frustrations of getting the COVID-19 issues and he couldn't play for a couple of games and that was frustrating. And then all of a sudden he was back into in the team for the game against Everton in the derby and he just ran the show, didn't he, in the derby. I mean, Liverpool were, were, were very good on the day. Should have won the, won the game, no doubt about that. And then late on in the game, an absolutely disgraceful challenge by the Charleston and there was intent in it as well. And we were probably lucky, really, that he, he can he can play again this season because it was such a bad challenge that it could have been a season ender the same way as what Pickford done to Van Dijk. So, you know, there was clear intent there and 
to be honest, it's a disgrace because, in my opinion, Richarlison or Everton should be paying Thiago's wages for all this time that he's out because it, there was in, it was it was genuine intent. It wasn't even a, an attempt to get the ball. He intended to injure the player. It was a disgusting challenge, an absolute disgrace, really. And we are very fortunate that it, it, you know the season's not over, but. It's annoying that the club sort of like have not been very honest, I don't think, with the reports and the updates on him. Because initially it was thought that he'd only be out for a couple of weeks and a couple of weeks has turned into a couple of months. And it's a little bit disappointing, really. But I think by all accounts, he, he was back training on like like light training and running and stuff, but he's had a bit of a setback and they haven't really when they when they've like done the checks on him and all that, they haven't really picked up anything bad in terms of needing an operation. But they're just trying to be like the precaution really is they don't want to sort of like over you know, sort of like push it to to start him, if you know what I mean, because they want to make sure that he's spot on and he's right to the team because you don't want him breaking down again. Because if you look back over history with Thiago, he has had quite a lot of niggly injuries. So you just want to make sure that everything's spot on with him before he does start playing again, so he doesn't have sort of like a breakdown. Um, so you can understand that to an extent, but from a fan's point of view, it's very frustrating because you know we haven't seen much of him at all, have we, since we signed him? And like I say, there's one man to blame for that, and it's Richarlison. And as I say, disgusting challenge, and I'm strong on it as well. I'm of the belief that Everton Football Club or the Charleston should be paying his wages because there was definite intent in that challenge for me. Um, but it is what it is. And since that game, Liverpool have, have gone on, kicked on and done really well. And Everton and the team have suffered because they're the ones whose form's dipped. They missed them for three games and, you know, obviously it's affected their form. So they're the ones that it's it's sort of like affected the most, even though we're without a top player. Um, but yeah, you're right. I can't see us seeing Thiago now playing for Liverpool before the turn of the year. So the rest of this year, I'm not expecting it. If he does, then obviously it's a bonus. Fantastic. You know, it'd be great if he could feature, but I'm not expecting them to, to line up in, in a Liverpool shirt until January time now, to tell you the truth. Um, and moving forward into the, into the January transfer market, look, I think it's absolute negligence if Liverpool don't sign a centre-back and the reason why I say that when Van Dijk got injured there was all the talk about oh you know ultimately like we've got to sign a centre-back now there's no way we're going to we're going to be able to cope without you know Van Dijk but I think the thought process behind it was we probably wouldn't have signed one in January because of the, the fact that Fabinho can play there. Obviously, Joel Matip was coming back from injury. We still had Joe Gomez, who was fit at the time. Um, so, with, with the likes of Phillips still being at the club, because he never got a, a transfer, did he, in the summer? And obviously, Reese Williams, a young kid as well, coming through. I think they probably would have just left it and thought, you know what, we might get away with it. We'll leave it. We'll leave Sean the centre-back. But then, obviously, when Joe Gomez went on international duty with England and then got that horrific injury, which meant he was ruled out for the season as well, then that's the time then when you just knew Liverpool cannot just keep going on and on and on into this season now without signing another centre-back. It's just negligence because the reason why I say that, we've just spoken about Joel Matip's game time needs managing, so we can't play three games in six days. So, the problem then is, the knock-on effect is, Fabinho's got to play in all them games for me. And what you've got to consider is, Fabinho has been absolutely fantastic. In fact, a few people have been saying it, like today, about it, saying Fabinho is actually probably, at this moment in time, the best centre-half in the Premier League. And he's not even a centre-half, he's a centre-midfield player. It's That's how good he's been. He's been absolutely sensational. But the problem we've got yeah. is... He's already been injured recently and missed a couple of games. We don't wanna we don't wanna overwork him because if we do, he's only gonna end up getting injured again. So this is the thing, you've got to be very, very careful. Because we need him to be fit and ready to play between now and January. And then it's in my opinion, it's absolutely imperative to get a centre back. Because if we don't, it's negligence for me. Because 
all it takes is Matip to, we say it time and time again, we use the term, Joel Matip is a prone cracker. And the thing <laughs> is, he, he's a Rolls Royce of a centre-half, he's fantastic, he's brilliant, but he's not reliable enough. And as I said, his body cannot cope with three games in six days. So this is what I'm saying, he's wrapping up in cotton wool. And because of that reason, you know as well as I do, we're only in December now. It's a long, hard season up to May. So you can't keep doing that and wrapping them up in cotton wool between now and May because it means you're going to have to keep on playing Fabinho a centre-half. Yeah. He ends up getting an injury, getting overworked. It's too much. And and it's not that I'm saying the likes of Phillips and Reese Williams, I don't trust them because, to be fair to Phillips, he played against West Ham, played against Brighton and done really well. You know, he didn't really put a foot wrong. He's done well in both mm. games. You know, he's a good, honest pro. Do you know what I mean? There's no doubt about that. Um, Rich Williams has come in and played a few Champions League games and done quite well. It's not a criticism of them. It's just that you wouldn't want to be over-reliant on a 19-year-old kid, Rich Williams, or a 23-year-old mm. centre-half who plays the odd game here and there. If they had to play six games on the spin or ten games on the spin for Liverpool you know, we, we could be in a little bit of trouble because they're not top-level players, are they? Reese Williams is learning his trade and Phillips is 23 and never really held down a place at, a, at another club before. So this is what I'm trying to say. It, 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 you, you can't rely on... It's a stopgap, yeah. Exactly, mate. And this is what I'm trying to say. Because Gomez is out now as well as Van Dijk, it's two key centre-arse missing. So I, I just think we've got to sign a centre-back and if we don't, it, it's negligence, really. They've got to bite the bullet and do it. And, and look, whether there's the money there to do it or not, I'm pretty sure we were going to sign a centre-half next summer anyway. So all it means is just bring it forward a couple of months and get the signing done now for the here and now for January. It has to be done, in my opinion. Um, and the knock-on effect of that is now you're going to say, well, who is it that we're going to sign and what centre-back is it, blah, blah. I don't really know, to tell you the truth. I mean, there's, they've been linked with that many centre-backs. It's just, like, incredible now. I mean, I know for a fact we, we definitely had followed that Ben White from Brighton. Um, Klopp mm-hmm. really liked him. He was he was a player that we've looked at. But, you know, it, it depends what type of centre-half you want. There's been all the rumours of Kabak, hasn't he, from Schalke. But he's part of a team that gets whacked every single week. They're awful, Schalke. They were awful at the back end of last season. They're awful this season. And I know it's it's not fair to truly judge them playing in a weak team, in a poor team like that. But I just I just don't think he's all that great, to be honest. And I just don't think, is he is he, is he massively better than Phillips? Is he massively better than potential of Rhys Williams? I don't really know. Mm. I, and there's talk that AC Milan are going for him as well. And they might really be in for him a little bit more seriously than what Liverpool are. Um, other than that, you know that shares done. Look, he looked really good, didn't he, for Ajax in both games he against did, Liverpool. Yeah. Um, apparently, he was at Liverpool a few years ago, and we let him go back to his homeland and stuff. We didn't see him quite, quite ready, quite good enough at the time. Seventeen, so yeah. Yeah, so he's gone back to to Holland and cut his teeth there and made a bit of a name for himself at Ajax and done quite well in the absence of Delight, Delito, whatever his name is. He went to Juventus, so. You know, he, he does look good and there's talk that he's available for 27 million. But as I say, whether there's anything concrete in it, I'm really not sure. You're the player that we've been linked to. Well, two of them basically at Leipzig, um, Upper Meccano and Canati, is it? Um, to be honest yeah. with you, I, I've never been convinced by that Upper Meccano. I think he's had a prone. He reminds me of Sacco. Just, you know, makes too many mistakes for my life. And, and uh, yeah. you know, I think the what, 40 million for him or 40 million euro? Not for me. Like, I can't see us going for him. The other one is Canati or Canato, whatever his name is. Now, the problem with him is he seems a bit injury prone. He suffered a lot with injuries, hasn't he? He's probably got a decent profile, actually, to be a signing. But again, how much is he going to cost? 6'5, good in the air. And yeah, he's. He's up there with his passing as well, so he's he's one of them yeah. who's likely to be on the on the shortlist. He fits the profile, doesn't he? But um, like I say, he suffers a lot with injuries, so you know we don't want another injury-prone centre back. We've got enough of them on our plates as it is. So it's going to be interesting. But like I say, I'm pretty sure 
we're, we're going to sign a centre back. We've got to sign one because if we don't, it's just a shambles for me. Uh, you know, uh, it, look, Liverpool are doing really well, all things considered, at this moment in time. But to expect us to do it for another five months is a big ask, in my opinion, with the limitations we've got defensively. Because if we don't sign a centre half, as I said before, you're relying on like the inexperienced, shall we say, Reese Williams and, and Nat Phillips. And if we get another injury, then you, you're talking dropping the likes of Henderson or Wijnaldum or even James Milner playing centre-half. It's just, in this day and age, it's just ridiculous. Just go out and sign a centre-back, for God's sake, do you know what I mean? We, we arguably needed one in the summer when we let Lovren go. And yeah. we thought, no, we'll, we'll have Fabinho will be fourth choice. It's fine. And like I say, a couple of months down the line, two injuries to two key centre-halves. We've got problems, do you know what I mean? And, and like I say, I'm not against Reese Williams or Phillips. I keep, I, I need to reiterate that I don't mean anything bad about them. It's just more about the fact that, let's be honest, one's an up-and-coming youngster and the other one is 23-year-old who's never really made it anywhere before. So it's all right coming in for the odd game here and there and putting in a performance. Fantastic. Fair play to them. But what I mean is if the if if we get a long another long term injury to Matip, which could happen because it's happened numerous times in the past, or we get Fabinho gets injured again, we're struggling, aren't we? And this is what I'm saying. Yeah. To, to eliminate all this farce, just go out and sign a centre back for God's sake, do you know what I mean? And hopefully we will do. Spot on. Yeah, cheers, Jay. So that's the updates on the uh, the potential targets as well for, for January there as well. So yeah, just before we um, before we leave, we always uh, tell everyone to, to keep up. up oh, sorry, first of all, big thanks to the um, to the guys at the LFC Day Trippers for editing the podcast, putting them out for us on the on their platform. So yeah, thanks to Gav, Phil, and all the lads over there. Um, don't forget to keep up to date with the No More Knives campaign. Obviously, with the the lockdown and things like that, it's not been as prevalent as it, and there's not been as much going on. But yeah, it's it's one of them. Uh, causes that we support don't forget to keep following them and all, all the good work that Paul Bentley and um, the lads over there are doing so yeah don't forget to keep up to date with the No More Knives campaign as well so thanks uh, Jay for coming on to the podcast once again and uh, we'll be back just before the Crystal Palace game uh, after the Tottenham fixture we're going to do another podcast where we're going to cover the the Christmas period from, from Palace onwards so thanks everybody for listening to our podcast and we'll speak to you all very soon goodbye people say treat yourself like you need a reason but mcdonald's treats are perfect for every day like bold mccafe iced coffee get any size for $1.69 or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar the largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold feeling a little extra something something try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter with so many ways to treat yourself you don't need an excuse just come back tomorrow ba-da-ba-ba-ba Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. People say treat yourself like you need a reason. But McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee. Get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for $1. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Sports Social Podcast Network.